Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. want to start by saying thank you for allowing me to be here today. It is an honor and a privilege and I have an advantage. And my advantage is that there are a lot of people that are sitting in this place who were responsible for my upbringing and love and care and mentorship. And so you need to know that I first want to say thank you. Because uh, a lot of who I am, a lot of that I'm still growing in, you are a part of. And I see lots of faces that were a big part of that. Um, it is an honor to bring God's Word, and thank you, Pastor Brad, for the honor this morning. Thank you for those who spoke and brought us into God's presence. I'm always, I guess, shocked when God shows up, because I actually wrote a sermon on God's presence. And so, once again, God says, see, I got it. That's how God works. Uh, just a little update um, I like to start with prayer, and what I want you to do is I want you to pray for something out of the ordinary. I want you to pray that God would speak to you personally during the sermon. Forget that it's a dedication. Forget that we're dedicating this building. Just pray right now in this spot that you would hear clearly what God wants to say to you right now. Lord God, we come before you today. We thank you for this opportunity, this dedication, this building. But Lord, right now, I pray that you would dedicate our hearts. Renew us in you. Let us hear clearly your voice. And in hearing your voice, prompt us to be obedient to you. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of this time. To you and you alone be the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. It's an interesting phenomenon that out of persecution and trial comes life comes dedication, comes something extraordinary. Uh, something is happening in China that isn't exactly planned. What's happening is there's all this persecution and trial, but what's coming out of that is a vibrant, healthy church. And what is interesting to me, if you go to China and you say, what can we pray for? Our minds think immediately, oh, pray there's no persecution. Pray that we'll have peace. Pray that we'll all get along. But what happens, the people in China say, pray for strength. Pray for dedication. Pray that we find ourselves on our knees more than looking for a handout. There are 1.3 billion people in China, and not one of them decide to accept Jesus at a convenience. They do it because they can do nothing else. And that prompts them to extraordinary faith. And they feel God's presence. And they trust Him all the more. And my prayer this morning for you, Hope Community, is that you feel that today. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, or your phones, now I guess we can say that. What about your iPhone? Does anybody still have a Bible? Second Samuel. 
And I apologize, this is a really odd thing to read for a dedication, but I have a point to it. And I'm going to split it up in two parts, so just be patient with me. But the first one is 2 Samuel chapter 6. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out for Bela of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the ark. They set out the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. Isn't it neat that they give you all the details? Like, this is the order of the parade. Pay attention, you know? It's great. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs and with harps and lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him as entire household. May God add blessing to the reading of his word. So here's the story. Maybe you've heard it before. Anybody heard this story before? So there's two guys, two guys that we're going to focus on. One was Uzzah, right? And he's dead. And one was David, the king. And he's leaping. One flat on the floor, one leaping in the air. What is going on? Why on earth is this the way it's written? I mean, there's this guy, he's a priest, he's doing the right thing, and he's dead on the ground. Another guy, the king, he's dancing. And I think the object, the thing we need to focus on is the thing they're carrying. What is it? The Ark of the Covenant. You remember this? Remember studying it? The Ark of the Covenant basically represented the presence of God. And inside the Ark of the Covenant were three holy things. What were they? Come on. All I heard was We're going to have to get this figured out. Okay, so there was a gold bowl that had what in it? Man, God's provision. There was a staff who was carried by who? Aaron. And it had budded way before it got cut down, right? God's power. One more thing. Ooh, you've been paying attention. Bible trivia. The Ten Commandments. God's precepts. They were all in the Ark of the Covenant. And it was a beautiful thing. It wasn't that big, three foot, nine inches high, and two foot, three inches wide. And inside, they had these like cherubims on the top that were pointed down toward the, the center, uh, representing God's power. And there was the mercy seat that was the gold lid. It was really heavy on top. And it was a beautiful thing. And it was representing God's presence. And it was important to the people. Or... Was it? I mean, if you read your word with me this morning, this thing that represents God's presence is where? It's in storage. 
for 30 years at some guy's house seven, year, seven miles away from Jerusalem. What happened? I mean, this is the thing they went in to worship. They got to go in basically one time a year, and they would purify themselves. They would purify their families, and they go in, and we're told that one guy maybe had a rope around his waist or one by his ankle, and that way if he died in God's presence, like, you can't get him out. And now it's in storage. If you could see any biblical object today, what would it be? What would you hold in high esteem to see with your own eyes? Come on. Take him out. It's the cross. Oh, my goodness. How about the manger where Jesus laid? Would you like to see that? How about the ark? Would you like to see that? For us as Christians, we hold these things as not worship, but something that is important to us. And for the Israelite, there is nothing so more vital than the Ark of the Covenant. So why on earth is it in storage? Seven miles from Jerusalem, neglected, ignored. But David, the the newly crowned king, he knows how important it is. And after he gets the city all settled, he goes, I'm going to go get that thing. And he basically invites 30,000 people, and he sets up a parade. I mean, Macy's Day Parade caliber, right? Anybody ever been to Macy's Parade? The Rose Bowl Parade? You guys got to get out more. <laughs> when you go to these parades, I mean, there's there music and marching bands. I mean, the best band I have ever seen on, on this planet is the University of Michigan have you ever heard the band play? Y'all need to go home and watch a you know, YouTube of this. It, I mean, wow. And I can only imagine 30,000 people with all, I mean, they tell you all the instruments they had. And there's all this fanfare and all this excitement, and we are doing so well. They gathered at the home of Abinadab, and their two sons line up. Trumpets blast, songs erupt. And it goes really well for about two miles. You know, nothing kills a parade quicker than the marshal dropping dead. <laughs> what happened? I mean, what happened? Something was left out. Without the symbol of God's presence, David went home. It's interesting to me that it was put in another guy's house. (laughs) God blessed him for it, but can you imagine what your mother would say? You know, um, this was in a parade and it killed a guy. We're going to put it in the living room. It'll be great. (laughs) Your mama ever told you not to bring something in the house? Anybody? Nobody? What is wrong with you people? I was told to make sure that I didn't bring bugs in the house and dirt and leaves and sticks, right? Or seventh grade science projects. Y'all never had that growing up? The dog, dad. Anyways, it was really important that the house was kept clean. And so it went into this guy's house, Obed-Edom. And don't you know that every time he saw it, he kind of went, out of all out of reverence, and what happened to him? He was blessed. He was blessed. 
All right, you guys ready? Let's finish the story. 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 19. Now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. While he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place before the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person and the whole crowd of Israel, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. Isn't that great? What's going on here? We've got to stop. We've got to pause. Because there's two men in the story, one dead, one dancing. One dead, one dancing. What's the difference? Three months later, David returns. Three months later, David goes and gets this ark. Why? Because God is blessing someone. And what he thought was God's anger, he now sees as God's provision. But something has to be different. And so it goes that this change comes over them, and something happens to David. We read in verse 14, David danced before the Lord with all his might. Two men, one dead, one dancing. What was the difference? Maybe, maybe, David realized the most important thing is the same thing that could be offered to you today. It is the presence of God. Maybe on that day, on that place, in that parade, David finally realized the most important thing is the presence of God. Church, guess what? The most important thing to this church on this dedication day is the presence of God. And when it comes, something miraculous happens that we cannot explain. Remember, this is David who said, how can the Lord come to me? How can the ark come to me? How can his presence come to me? My goodness. As a father, how many times have I prayed that my kids would experience the presence of God? As a mother, how many of you mothers have cried out to God, Lord, if there's a way for my kids to feel your presence, I need you. You with me? As a church, there is nothing more vital than the presence of God, and we pray on this day that we feel him here. Come. Some people think God's a distant deity that just, you know, comes from time to time. I don't buy that. Today, Let's make it real personal. Anybody got a phone? Anybody got a phone? Go ahead and take that out. Anybody got wallets with pictures in them? Y'all remember when we used to carry pictures in our wallets? Man, that's crazy. All right, so I want you to do something. You don't have to. I'm not going to force you. But if you don't mind, take out your wallet or your phone and pull up pictures of your kids or your grandkids or your nephew or your nieces 
Uh, it better not be that girl you met at the bar last night. You, you pull out that picture. Come on. Nobody has any pictures? What is wrong with you people? Oh, Kevin. Good, good. All right. Find a, find a picture. All right. Anybody got one? Now, show it to somebody next to you and tell them how much cuter your kids and grandkids are. Go ahead. This is the one time you get to brag on your kids. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's enough, Jim. Jim, Jim. Jim's like, and this, and this, and this, and this. My goodness. Jeff, can we just put those pictures up here so we can all see them? Yeah. Listen to me. Let me ask you another question. By a show of hands, I want you to raise your hands. Does anybody have anyone in their family, immediate or neighbor, co-worker, that you are concerned for their salvation, you're concerned that they are not feeling God's presence? Anybody got anybody like that? Look around, church. We have this in common. Thank you. So how can we bring God's presence here? How can we bring God's presence in our lives? Should we light a candle? Maybe say a chant? You know, head up a committee? Give a barrel full of money? Build an altar? What invokes the presence of God? We learn the lesson from Uzzah and David. Uzzah teaches us that God comes on his own terms. God had spoken specifically to the priest. And he had said clearly, this is what you're going to do if you're going to transport my ark. If you love me, if you honor me, you obey me and follow my commands. That's the Old Testament. And he has said it to them over and over again. And they knew it to be true. Read Leviticus chapter 16. Read Numbers chapter 4. The Kehothites, which is the descendants of Aaron, will come and carry these things to the next destination. But they must not touch the sacred objects of the tabernacle on the shoulders. Why? Because they will surely die. This is the voice of God. How on earth did sons of a Aaron descended priesthood forget the laws of God. Our clue may be where the ark was. It was at Abinadab's house. Back in the barn with Bobby's tractor. David calls him. Hey, we need the ark. Come on down. Hey, boys, get that thing and throw it in the cart. Right? They lost track of the holy. It had become the humdrum. They had forgot the commands for convenience. They used a wagon instead of poles. They used bulls instead of priests. We see no obedience, no sacrifice. We see the easy and the quick. And God is angered. My church, 
We have Bibles. We know how to live because he tells us how to live. We can't forget the fact that he is not some genie that we just rub on and he grants us what we want. God is holy. He calls us to repentance. He is not a convenient God put on a wagon driven by dumb animals. He is not a butler that comes at the ringing of a bell. He comes when commands are revered, where hearts are clean and confessions are made. David was so angry. God had ruined his parade. Three months pass. Three months, that's like a summer vacation for a teacher in the old days. He begins to consider, maybe we'll do it again. But we'll do it differently. We'll do it the right way. We'll follow God's commands. We'll do exactly what he tells us to do. We'll prepare ourselves. We'll repent. We'll make sacrifices for us and our families. We'll get those poles. We'll put them in those rings. We'll put it on our shoulder. We'll carry it exactly the way we're supposed to. And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he, that's David, Sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. There's a different kind of pace going on here. There's a different recognition of God and His power. Multiple choice question. You ready? When David realizes that God is not angry and that he goes with him in the parade, David A, bows his head and says a little prayer. B, sings a great little song. C, falls prostrate on the ground in worship, or D, dances with all his might. D. Y'all all just won free tickets for the next Hope Community Square Dance. <laughs> he is dancing. And not like he went to school and studied and signed up for Dancing with the Stars. I mean, he just let it rip. Kind of like a junior kid that doesn't know any better. He's just kind of moving around and spinning and whirling, and he is having a great time, not because he's entertaining, but because he loves God. And he is worshiping him. He is happier than the mayor of Dublin on St. Patty's Day. He is kicking his heels up. And if that wasn't enough to make the worship team blush, he stripped down to his prayer linens. Now, just so we can get a picture of that, it's a really thin linen undergarment that was about as long as an XL tall T-shirt. You feeling me? <laughs> and he is dancing with all his might. He is letting it go. Now, what if the president waltzed out of the Oval Office and did somersaults in his Fruit of Looms down Pennsylvania Avenue. What would, we, what would we say? I hear it. That boy has lost his mind. He is crazy, right? Do you think, come on now, do you think those people in line at the parade thought anything different? Did you see what happened to the other boy? This guy's dead. He, everybody take shelter, right? Call the funeral home. This is going south fast. I mean, if the other guy got in trouble for touching it, whoa. Y'all with me? 
But heaven is silent. God doesn't strike him down. In fact, he doesn't burn with anger. What's going on? You know why God wasn't angry? The same reason I wasn't. When I was younger, I had two little kids. They're like, you know. But I used to drive up to the house in my car or walk to my house, and the minute I walked in the house, my kids were like, Daddy's home! Right? And they would dance, and my son would go, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And I would, oh my goodness. Now, did one time did I ever say, stop that. You're acting like an idiot. You go sit down in that corner and think about what you did. Why didn't I not do that? Because I loved my kids. I celebrated my kids. I rejoiced in my kids. Why? Because they were expressing love. What was David doing? He was expressing love. He was saying, oh, how I love you, God. Oh, how I need you, God. How I need your presence. My goodness, church. How we need God's presence today. Anybody want to say amen to that? Just checking your pulse. Something is happening and we are witnesses in the parade. We're seeing it. When God comes to town, David can't help himself. David did not dance, as far as we know, any other time. He killed Goliath? No dancing. He's appointed king? No waltzing. All these moments, it's like, we don't know that he danced at any of those. But when God came to town, he cut loose. Do we not enjoy what David wanted? We desire this place to be a place of worship, a place of service, a place of prayer. Doesn't Psalms 127.1 remind us, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. This make a connection between the two. Listen to me. We can have reverent hearts and dancing shoes every day of the week. We can. God's greatest gift is his presence, himself, period. Listen, I have seen a lot of beautiful things in my day. Y'all with me? Anybody ever seen a sunrise that made you go, oh my? Yeah. I have seen a sun drop into this, the San Diego La Jolla Beach Ocean. Gorgeous. The most beautiful thing, I have seen my wife wear her wedding dress and come down the aisle to say, I do. And I was moved. I have held my kids in my arms and thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Anybody say amen to that? <laughs> now I hold them in my arms and go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? We have been so blessed. Sunsets, oceans, cooing babies. But you take it all away. Put me in the middle of Sahara Desert and I still dance. Why? Because God is still with me. God is still with me. His presence is with me. Now listen to me. Follow this. David never knew the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son. The Son came. He walked this earth. He died on the cross, rose again. Where is He? He's at the right hand of God. But before he went, he said, I am going to send the Spirit. Why? 
so he can work on the insides of us. Because out of the heart comes all the junk. My friends, if there's anyone that should be filled with joy, it is those who have the presence of God with them. Amen. There is some tough stuff going on. And some of you are in it. And I'm saying to you right now that I have nothing to offer you but a reminder that God can and will be with you. David was so happy. He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a gift of food of every man and woman in Israel, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. I'm not real keen on the raisins, but the dates and the bread I'll go for. Why? It's a celebration. Because God is with us. Uzzah missed it. Uzzah had a small God. He had a small God that fit in a box and needed some help onto a cart because he wasn't able to go the distance. And his God needed help with his balance. For David, God was amazing. Worthy of worship. Could do anything he wanted to do. And he was real. For Uzzah... No sacrifice, no commandments observed, no repentance, no obedience. It's like living any way you want for six days and cashing in on grace on Sunday. Or better yet, just wear a cross around your neck, you'll be all right. Or better yet, you know what, if you light a few candles, say a few prayers, it'll be just fine. God won't be controlled, commanded, conjured up, or called down. He is a personal God that wants to spend time with you. Why? Because he loves you. And if you doubt that, ask him. So we can have reverent hearts and dancing feet. I'm waiting for the day where Brad says, okay, everybody, if you'll move the pews... What would you do? Hey, what are you doing now? How are you celebrating God? How are you celebrating God's presence? How are you letting him know how much you love him? How am I letting him know? Remember the story about my kids dancing? You know... Sometimes they had clothes on. Sometimes they had diapers. Sometimes they had their birthday suits. Sometimes they had food on their faces. Sometimes they had stuff I didn't know what was. But you know what I did? I danced with them. There was no way that I was going to sit on the sideline and miss the opportunity to dance with my kids. And I acted just as indignified as they did. And I had a good time. And I would grab one or two if they let me, and I would spin around. And we'd go in circles, and we'd chase each other, and we'd put on dance music, and it was a good time. Do you know what? Do you think David had a dance partner? His name is God. 
So, who are you dancing with? Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God of love. Lord, we come before you with reverence and awe. We bow before you. We ask, Lord, that you would fill this place, this, this day of dedication, Lord, that it might be a place where people recognize, feel, experience the presence of God. And may we be the ones who walk in your daily presence every day of this life. May we celebrate you as David did. When I was pastor here, I never got an altar. I preached from real humdingers too. And I know it's not in the bulletin. But there's somebody here and needs to ask God's presence to come in their life. Don't let this day pass by. Put your dancing shoes on. Don't let it pass. God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.